Yes and is a mantra that can be applied to every aspect of your life. These two words are ground zero for all creativity. These two words will help you shut down fear. These two words can change your life if you'll let them. Yes, I'm serious. And this podcast is on a mission to show you how. I'm Judy Holler, the host of Yes And. If Dr. Dre and Amy Poehler had a baby, um, that would basically be me. Listen, if you're looking for a no BS approach to life, business, and your mental health, then you are in the right place. So welcome to Yes And, where we smash comfort zones and navigate the unscripted stage of everyday life together. This is a Soul Fire production. You are listening to episode 50 of Yes And with Judy Holler. That's me. Hi, Fear Boss, and welcome back or welcome to the show. Now, this episode is airing December 23rd, December 23rd. So, Merry almost Christmas to you or whatever you celebrate. Merry all the freaking things. And however you celebrate, I hope you are somewhere safe and that you feel excited about the new year upon us. And I feel like we have to have a chat about that real quick, shall we? Uh, Our attitudes about 2020 and uh, what we can really do for ourselves in 2021 and beyond. So there are a, there are a lot of people right now saying, fuck 2020. Um, and I really don't believe that that's the right vibe to have. Um, and I think we need to talk about it really quick. First things first, listen, I get it. This year has been hard. It's been stressful. And it is sucked in a lot of ways. But, and I don't use that word a lot, but when you sit there and say, fuck 2020, and I can't wait for 2021 and bring on January 1st and use all of that as an excuse to write off 2020, you are entering dangerous territory. And here's why. Nothing is going to change on January 1st Besides the calendar date, the only way things will change for you in 2021 is when you fucking decide to make a change. 2020 is a part of our lives, whether we like it or not. And what you do with it is up to you. And what you do moving forward is up to you. Remember, you can be a victim or you can be a badass. The choice is yours, but you can never, ever be both. Nothing is going to change on January 1st besides the date in your planner. Things only change when you, my friend, when you decide to change. So I invite you to join me and to stop hating on 2020 and start thinking about who you want to be next year and beyond. What do you want more of? What do you want to leave behind? What do you want to stop doing? What drained your energy in bad ways last year? And how can you do less of it next year so you can do more of what lights you up? Listen, if you 
want me to help you check yourself so you don't wreck yourself in 2021? This is like a perfect freaking segue for what I want to talk about next, which is the Vibe and Thrive Mastermind and our goal-focused Vibe and Thrive Planner. By the way, it doesn't matter when you're listening to this episode because this planner is 90 days and it is undated. So you can get it whenever you want. And we run the Mastermind quarterly, but the Winter Mastermind is open for registration. And I will link up in the show notes so you can learn more. But starting on December 30th, I am teaching a live four-week course that will show you, literally show you how to make 2021 and beyond really work for you. I'm going to show you how to use your Vibe and Thrive Planner. And by the way, whether you use the Vibe and Thrive Planner or not, this mastermind will help you think differently about how you use any planner. It is going to have a goal-focused curriculum, a goal-focused approach to your productivity, to balance, to focus, to building habits, and to protecting your mental health along the way. So I'm going to take you behind the scenes. I'm going to show you how I use my planner. I'm going to show you how I set goals. I'm going to show you how I protect my freaking mental health. And I'm going to show you how I make choices that last. Choices that allow me to thrive and choices that can keep you in forward momentum as well. Because if there's one thing fear hates, more than anything, it is action and success. So I invite you to join us. Registration for the Winter Mastermind, the Winter 2020 Mastermind is open right now. That registration closes on December 28th at noon Eastern. So there is still time to sign up. Go to judyholler.com forward slash vibe and thrive or just go to the show notes, click that link and you'll be right there. And I most certainly hope to see you in class. All right, next up, we got to talk about our fear boss of the week, who is Ramona G. Boyd this week. Uh, She wrote a review back in November and she said this, I never knew how much I needed this podcast in my life. I was introduced to Judy by a hospitality convention, women's forum, and let me tell you, I was blown away. Well, thank you so much. She writes this, check this out. I am a 22-year-old, 22-year-old general manager, hello, boss babe, of a hotel, and I listen to the podcast every morning. Hi, good morning, Ramona, as a part of my routine. I do that too, by the way. I listen to podcasts while I get ready, because I hate getting ready. So on the days I have to get ready, I I listen to my podcast. But Ramona writes, it has helped me so much in becoming more confident in my career. I even have my husband listen to it with me. Well, hi, Ramona's husband. And thank you for that badass review on iTunes. If you want to be, if you want to be our next Fear Boss of the Week, all you got to do is jump into iTunes and leave a review. So Ramona, send me a DM or an email at hello at judyholler.com or a DM on any of the social media. Give me your mailing address. I'm going to put a Fear Boss surprise in the mail for you. And if you want a Fear Boss surprise in the mail, all you got to do is leave a review on iTunes. Okay, Fear Boss, I am so excited about this week's show. Now, this show, you might have noticed, is going to be a little bit longer than usual, so maybe you break it into two. You know, you listen to the first half, and then you come back and listen to the second half because there's a lot going on and a lot to cover. But this week, I have on Seth Abram, and I call Seth my Enneagram Sensei. Now, anybody remember Karate Kid and Mr. Miyagi and all that stuff? Now, if you're too young... To know about Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid, well, 
You just, I don't know, go Google it up. It is magical, magical 1980s movie making. But basically, sensei means like teacher or guide or master of something. And so here's the deal. I am obsessed with the Enneagram and I will link up to the Enneagram uh, and what it is in the show notes uh, so you can learn a little bit more about it. But I'm really obsessed with this tool and how powerful it is. And I think so many people misuse it and, and they don't necessarily understand its full power. Or, you know, people consider it to be a trendy sort of personality test that you can use to like put people in boxes. And it's not. It is so much more than that. And it's an absolute game changer when you really understand what it is and how to use it. So I brought Seth on the show today to help us understand and learn a little bit more about the Enneagram, plus understand specifically each number, there are nine Enneagram types. So we're going to talk about all nine of them. We're going to talk about each number's gift and each number's shadow side. So we're going to break it all down. Now, a little background. Seth was introduced to me through Harris III, who I had on the show a few weeks ago. And Harris led a mastermind that I was a part of. And in our mastermind, our Enneagram type was a big part of how he coached us. So Harris, knowing what our Enneagram type was, really helped him understand uh, what our gifts were, what our shadow sides are, and most importantly, how we're motivated. And we loved the Enneagram so much, he gifted us, each of us in his mastermind, a one-hour coaching session with Seth Abram, his friend and his Enneagram guide. Uh, And it was really transformational for me. We got to jump on the phone. We spent an hour together and so many things happened. We're going to talk about that. You'll hear a little bit about that in our interview. But today um, we're sharing some of that insight with you. And if you've ever wanted to learn more about the Enneagram, if you've wanted to go deeper on your number, if you want to understand how to use this tool to have braver, bolder, and more empowering experiences in life, you're going to love this show Seth is a badass. (laughs) He is described as a human, a husband, a father, a pastor, a singer-songwriter, and like me, a book lover. He is also the creator and founder of the Integrated Enneagram. We'll link up in the show notes. And he's the co-host of a popular Enneagram podcast called Fathoms. I am so excited for you to meet him. Let's do the damn thing. Here is my conversation with Seth on all things Enneagram. Seth, I am so stoked to have you (laughs) on the podcast. Welcome to Yes And with Judy Holler. Thank you so much. I'm I'm stoked. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my honor. And I am obsessed with the Enneagram and how it can be such a powerful tool in our lives and the awakening you can receive around understanding its power and your number can also help you do some really brave stuff in life. So (laughs) I want to talk to you about the Enneagram. Uh, You may not know this, but you are my unofficial Enneagram sense say since <laughs> does anybody remember like karate kid wax yeah. on wax off so oh, i've been watching the newest season have you heard about this yes yeah so tell me what you were gonna say i have heard about the new season are you watching 
I am. Yeah. I just love the moments where they are saying sensei, you know, that, yes. <laughs> I think that was, I loved, that's amazing that you refer to me as that. You I've, were my I've always Enneagram. wanted to be a sensei. You are my Enneagram sensei, oh, man. You. And you. um, your podcast and, and just your knowledge and the, the opportunity for you and I to work together one-on-one was really, really mm. cool. So Enneagram, mm. let's start with a two-part question. Yep. There are people listening right now that have no idea what it is. And when I bring it up to people, I'm either potentially hiring or about to get into a conversation with that I want to sit want to know what their number is. They're yeah. like, oh, the Enneagram, I've heard about it. Is that like the disc or yeah. the Myers-Briggs? So totally. what is the Enneagram? And second part, why is it different than personality tests, very popular in corporate America, like the disc assessment? And Meyer Briggs. Yes. Okay. Well, I'd love to start kind of with the second part of that, if I can. Let's do so, it. what what makes it different? So, to be honest, you know, I don't, I don't personally know tons about these other options. I never got into anything personality psychology until the Enneagram. Um, but what what I from a surface level and from what I've heard from other people is that you know these other uh, typologies sort of name um, you know where you are right now in your static. Uh, area, you know, your strengths and your liabilities, but it seems to be more trait based. Mm. And it's it, which, which I would say is actually naming personality, whereas the Enneagram actually names the motivation behind and underneath uh, your personality. And it actually names that you are not your personality, which is mm. crazy to maybe think about, but you are more than your personality. So, mm. yeah, that's what it, I would say that it's, that's how it's uh, very different than it. Um, it actually shows you how expansive we can become, how we can transcend the ideas and the labels that we've always thought about ourselves and other people. So really what then the Enneagram is, um, is I like to say that it's a psycho spiritual tool for self discovery and awareness and compassion and understanding. So, um, yeah, it really shows us that whether we know it or not, whether we uh, like it or not, we show up in the world in a very habitual and patterned reactive way. So it's a map for um, learning how to be more present and conscious uh, as it shows us the very specific ways that we actually lose present uh, awareness. Wow. That makes sense. Yeah. I can, I can just keep going on what it is, but it's, it's a really, it's a beautiful tool for self-understanding and awareness and coming awake. Yeah, I love that. And don't we all need to be a little bit more awake? Um, certainly these days more than others. And I, I feel like this is something you told me. And maybe if you didn't, I probably read it somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's like under so there are nine numbers. OK, mm-hmm. and you are typically a number, right? So you have a number yes. and you take these tests or you find out what your number is. And so I, for example, am a seven. Okay. And so I wear the rose colored glasses of a seven. <laughs> so I see the world through the yep. lens of a seven. And while I have ties to the other numbers, it's how I see the world, but yes. it doesn't mean that because I'm a seven, that I shouldn't see the, that the way the other numbers see the world right. is wrong and that I shouldn't exactly. have a little bit of <laughs> all of that inside of me. Am I making that up or is that no, you're a right part on. of the awakening? You're right on. If you look at the circle, if you look at the symbol of the Enneagram, the circle represents wholeness and oneness mm. and the totality of everything. So if you look at the, if you see nine points around this circle, that's what Enneagram means. It's Latin for uh, nine points, nine somethings around a circle on a graph or a symbol. So this really is a teaching of how human character structure breaks down into nine fundamental components. 
Um, but we sort of get due to childhood socialization, inevitable wounding growing up. Um, we get kind of fixated in one of these areas. So it's almost like we're living most of our life with one ninth of our potential. Exactly mm. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, we have all night. It's really important to hear this, I think, because people um, mistake the idea and think that you're only one type when you're mm. actually not a type, you just get fixated in one of them. So you have all nine of these capacities, or I like to call them gifts within you because Ooh, I but it's love just, that. Gifts. Yeah. It's, I think it's so more accurate to, to name it that way, because then it's about how your gift gets distorted when it's motivated by fear or when it's motivated by love. So yeah, this is this sort of this is sort of our automatic pilot though. This is what we do when the chips are down. Uh, it's yeah. So that's kind of naming the personality side of the thing. You know, the patterned ways that we show up in the world. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So let's break this down. So yeah, how can someone find out? I'm gonna go real basic here. How can yep. someone find out what their number is and make sure it's correct? So let me give you the backstory and you will know this, but yep. I'm gonna give the Fear Boss fam a, a backstory. <laughs> when we worked together, you and I, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the one of the things you told me was, you know, I took the ready test, R-H-E-T-I test to find out what I was. And I'll link up in the show notes. Um, so while you told me it was okay to take those tests, that mm-hmm. they are still not necessarily 100% accurate. And I'm adding living your words here because it doesn't show how you're motivated. A test you take doesn't reveal the motivation behind your answer. And that was transformational and very profound for me. And it doesn't reveal a test does not reveal the intention behind why you chose the answer to the test question. So when I first took my test, it told me, um, I was a seven, right. Mm -hmm. The first time. And then I was one point away from a three and then I took it again, but I was a three and I was one point away from a seven. So I had been (laughs) going through this sort of journey where I had tight cast myself like I'm a three, I'm a three, I'm a three. And I had one call with you. Mm -hmm. And some of those threes make sense to me because I have a direct line to the three. And if you're confused, fear boss, don't worry. We're going to talk about wings and direct lines in a minute. Um, But I had one call with you and you're like, listen, I have read hundreds of books and my job is to not typecast you. But if you are not a seven, I should not be doing this work. And it it really set me free because I had been boxing myself in as this three, which is not what the Enneagram is is designed to do. And even Amanda on my team, she took it and she was a three too and worked with the coach and and did some deep work and found out she's really, really a two with a, like Mm. flying a little bit too hard on that right, that right (laughs) wing of a three. So it sounds like, let me land the plane. It sounds like the test alone isn't painting the full picture. So my question is this, how do we get our true number and can our number change? Yeah. As we grow and as we change. Another two-part question for you, Seth. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I could talk about just ideas for 30 minutes straight on how to actually accurately type because um, a lot of it just comes from the misunderstanding, the misconception of what the Enneagram actually is. It's yes. that people think it's a box that you get put into and it's a parking spot for nine types of people. Like, oh, she's so a seven or he's so a three. Yeah. I hear this all the time. Like, exactly. oh, you are so a two. And it's like, well, yeah. hold up a second. I have a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of this. Exactly. Fly. This is really how I see the world. I see the world through a seven, but yeah. I have a little bit of everything in me and we all do. Totally. So if you're, if you don't know that you have all these options within you to a level of efficiency or ranking, then 
then uh, you kind of get the idea that I am only one of these and I've got to find the right one, you know, and I've mm. got to, it's got to make, say, describe me perfectly. Uh, and it doesn't do that because there's lots of ways that the person, the human being is what contextualizes the type. A mm. person is not a type. Uh, a person has a type. That's Ooh. a very different distinction that's important. But, mm. but yeah, so um, tests, like you said, they're like, they're one option to start with. They're on average, I think, like 60% accurate. Okay. Um, yeah, it's because, you, like you said, they can't show motivation. And and that's also the other idea behind why we shouldn't be typing other people is because I can show up with any of the behaviors of any of the types, but you don't see the motivation behind my behavior. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't see that. So you, nobody can really type another person. I mean, you can get at some ideas if you know them really well, but often the closer we are with somebody, the harder it is to really see. Um But yeah, so uh, I do think kind of what you did, doing a typing interview with a professional is really important, really helpful. Not that tests are bad, but that's just your starting point. Um, Another thing one of my teachers told me uh, is that the tests are a newer thing. And uh, back in the day, what you would do is you would read a really solid book with really great descriptions of each of the types. And the one that made you want to throw the book across Ah, the room is the one that named you. Yeah, because because it does two things. You're, if you find your type, it should do two things for you. It should not only name the fun, exciting things the thing that you love about yourself. It should also name your shadow. Yes. So it should name the polarity that you have existing in you mm-hmm. often. So if so, for example, type eight, they read the world primarily from a place and have a specific sensitivity towards power and strength. And so if that's motivated by fear. Well, then I have to avoid looking weak and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so do I avoid vulnerability and do I need to be strong and powerful in the world? Well, then if that duality, that polarity exists in you, there's a good chance. It's you're not only looking for the fun stuff that you want to be true about you. You can't you can't do it that way because you can find yourself in all of them that way. Okay. It's about the the distinction of the two the polarity there. Okay. So let's do something fun. I'd love to go around the dial because there's somebody listening right now that knows their number, right? I'm a seven. Okay. So let's talk about, and they want to know a little bit more. So maybe can we go one through nine? What is the motivation for each number and the shadow side of each number? I think that would be fun to point out. Do you know those offhand? Uh, yeah, I could do that. Ish. Yeah. yeah, let's yeah. just go through the dial really quick and yep. then I'll ask you a follow-up question to that. So let's start with the okay. one. If you were a one, what is your, your how are ones motivated? And yeah. what is their shadow side? The thing to be okay. awake to. You're married to a one or are you a one? I am married to a one. You're married to one. I remember yeah. us talking about that. Okay. Yeah, so we can try and do this real briefly. So basically, like I said before, one of the basic premises is that each of these types, when they're seen as a, as a, a gift that you have a really specific sensitivity toward and you read the world from that place, um, the type one, the gift is, you could say, integrity mm-hmm. um, or goodness or alignment and perfection, these kinds of things. Um, and so when... Uh, the type one is uh, motivated from a place of being when they're present. And when they know this is truest of them and this is their gift uh, and they're motivated by love, this is what comes out in the world. And so, so they can help people like go to a level of, of higher standards and uh, excellence when that gets distorted um, when it's motivated by fear, then it turns into, it gets distorted into like this. I, I see everything that's wrong in the world, you know, a little um, pessimistic, their shadow. Side yeah. Pessimistic. Pessimism. Yeah, but the, yeah, I would say the avoidance for the one is um, uh, avoiding mistakes. 
Because mm, they're perfectionists. Yeah. Like they want things in a box, right? Exactly. But the but the thing is, is you can't have real integrity mm. without including your incorrectness, your mistakes. Right. And so they have to be right all the time mm. when they're when they're in their personality and the trance of their personality. One of our mantras is certainly an improv, but in our community is no mistakes, only gifts, right? We either win or learn, but we don't lose. So that could make a one nervous, right? <laughs> that that yeah. mindset might be a little uncomfortable for a one. Right. Yeah, okay. it could be for sure. Um, yeah. Okay. So type two, um, yeah, two. if you're a two, listen up. <laughs> type two is uh, motivated by this sort of need to be, um, well, let me, let me start again from the gift. So the, their gift is love and connection and relationship mm-hmm. and their, their, their thoughts are, are just filled with, uh, the relational thinkers. This is Amanda on my team, my right hand woman. She's a two. Yeah. She's a two. Yeah. Yeah. So they're motivated by that. And that's what they want to give to the world. You know, that's what they, they feel like is their true self that they have to offer to the world. But when this is, um, when they're, when they sort of feel like they're losing contact or they're losing presence with this truest innate inherent gift of theirs, they have to manufacture it and force it in the world. So I'm the one that is the most loving person. And I'm the one that is your, becomes your best friend to make you feel, uh, needed. So there's this sort of unconscious need to be needed, like I'm only able to be loved if I'm needed. Making, yeah. If I'm becoming, you become dependent on me, you know? Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, cool. so their, their um, avoidance would be on their own wants and needs and desires because I can't have any of those if I'm going to always be attending to you and yours. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good <laughs> stuff. Really yeah. good stuff. Okay. Let's do the three. What I thought yeah. I was yeah. for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I should mention too that these types, these numbers, um, by themselves, you can see them as traits, right? You can see them as descriptions, um, but these numbers are based in three centers of intelligence. Mm. Um, so we've got everybody has a, a head thinking intelligence. So Which there's three types. Yeah. So there's. <laughs> yes. I remember this from our call. We have to yeah. pause here and talk about this. Yeah. Okay. So say I, this that is again. really important. The types are based in the three centers of intelligence. So there's three different types that represent the thinking capacity, the thinking intelligence or IQ, right? So this is types five, six, and seven. And then you've got, uh, I don't know why I started at five, six, and seven. I, I think I just started well, with five, the head. Six and seven. So that means they live, we live in our head. Five, sixes, and yep. sevens, we yep. live in our head. That is yep. where we are. So five, sixes, and sevens may have some anxiety. We may overthink some things. Exactly. We uh, can be deep at times, but uh, yeah, we're in our heads. Okay, so that's good. Yep. What's yep. the next yep. one? What's the yeah. heart so center? So the, the heart center would be the types that um, represent the capacity of the heart. So this is the types two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Which makes and sense for a two. What we just described. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they want to be all three of these types, but in three different ways. They're after they're image conscious and they want to be liked and, and uh, valued and, and, and validated. Yeah. Um, so this is where point three is. Right. Um, and then we've got the last uh, three types. This is these are the body types or the instinctual types or the gut types. I like to call gut. them. This is okay. the GQ. So you got IQ, EQ and GQ. Cool. Um, yeah. So this is kind of these are people that are reading the world from a, a guttural space from like this um, is this seven uh, eights and or sorry this sorry, is this eight ones, nine eight nine eight, and one nine and one eight sorry yep. eight nine and one yeah yeah yep, yep. yeah okay. yeah so so you can kind of see i'm drawing this map of like we like we've already mentioned before if you've got all of these working within you on like a health in a healthy way then you've got a you're present with your head your heart and your body yeah but all of us 
due to lots of various circumstances, tune into and know and narrow down into one aspect of, mm-hmm. of our totality. Yeah. And that's where everything goes wrong. So this is a, again, this is about coming back into touch with all of this, these aspects within us. I love that. And I'm going to pause there before we get back to three. Um, So one of the ways I use the Enneagram and we use the Enneagram in business, we love knowing when I hire someone, work with the team, we love companies and people who have Enneagrammed so that we can understand how our client, how our customer, how the creator we have hired is motivated, which helps us have more graceful, loving, empathetic, and smart discussions with that human being. Think about the power for your boss in understanding Mm -hmm. the motivation behind someone's intention and someone's um, decisions, right? So take me for example, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm a seven. Well, we'll get to that on the dial, but <laughs> I, I, we're motivated by freedom. That's that's a big thing. We, yep. we do not, um, which is ironic because our fear boss mission is we believe our freedom lives in smashing comfort zones. We want to be free. We're motivated mm. by that ability, which makes what we're going through in the world right now, really hard for a three who <laughs> love to be wild and, and right. not feel like we're in a cage that needs to be rattled. That said, someone knowing the, the, you know, that about me that I'm motivated, motivated by freedom could have a really cool conversation with me versus, uh, you know, just coming in blind, right? If you know that I am a little more introverted and I don't like a big splash, then why would you throw a big, huge surprise party for me? I would not like that. I'd much rather and I'm not saying this is me, but if I was that person, I'd much rather have an intimate dinner with three to five people. Right. And so yeah. it gives you power. And I mean that in, in a loving way, not in a controlling way. It can give you power mm-hmm. in conversations um, to lead more lovingly and to lead with more grace and to maybe move the. Do you find that in business? Are you using these numbers to help you have more beautiful conversations and graceful conversations with your wife and people you work with as well? Like, does it help you understand people better? Totally. Yeah. And and the thing is, is like when I know that my spouse or any of my friends are more stressed, I know, well, that's because they're feeling very disconnected from their, their truest self, their, their innate gift. And, and so I don't have to take their reactions to me as personally. I know what's going on. They're feeling, they're feeling pretty anxious and they're feeling pretty scared and that they're losing themselves on some level, you know? So when I can hold the space for them in that and not take it personally, then man, that calls them back, you know? That's the word, hold the space. I think it really allows you to hold space for people. So I love this. Let's talk about the three. So if you're three, listen up. Yeah. All right. So this is, uh, this, yeah, the the gift. I mean, this is the point in the Enneagram that represents the heart's capacity for value Mm. and inherent innate value and worth. Um, and so people who lead, uh, with type three, you know, they have the, this capacity to do things from their heart and find meaning in them. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is the ambitious type. This is the, uh, the doer, um, you know, when they, when they are sort of more in personality and the trance of it, and and they're, um, more motivated by, by fear and losing contact with this innate gift there, they move towards, um, sort of reading the world from this, 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 uh, this message of the world only values people who are impressive and gets things done and are accomplishments based all the time, you know? So it's sort of proving my value rather than knowing I already have it. Uh, so it's kind of value substitution in a sense. Cool. Like I'm only valuable if you think so. 
Ah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And some of these, and is this an accurate statement that that is a lot, a lot of the gifts and shadows sides of all the numbers are rooted in an upbringing. So it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's rooted in the way we were brought up. So maybe a three, if maybe they weren't seen or no one praised them for their homework or their parents were working and they didn't have, they were maybe latchkey or, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to find a way to, so, you know, are, are the things that happen in our childhood, a part of what that number becomes for us and how we're motivated. Yeah. You know, some people have different ideas about this, but I I think it's both nature and nurture, what what type is. And I would say that it's not, it's probably not uh, any, it can be, but it's, it's not only one situation that happens that's traumatic for you that causes you to become your number. Most people think um, this is, you're sort of born with this. And then it's your filter through which you're, perceiving information. Mm -hmm. So I'm already predisposed to interpret what you're telling me, what you're not telling me. I'm already predisposed to read it through my lens, my filter. Interesting. Because I'm a twin. I I have a twin brother. We're nine minutes apart. And we grew up with the same exact environment and parents, but we have a very different perspective and take on what that life was like. You know, remind me, are you a nine? Nine. Yes. And what's your brother? He's a four. (gasps) Wow. Which is funny. And I have another brother who's a five. Uh, we're all the four, five and nine are all very withdrawn numbers wow. naturally. Uh, so our house was like everybody, you know, we're all cool with nobody needs to talk. Yeah, no here. hugs. No, like that yeah. a lot of like that. Like everybody just kind of takes it on internally. Yeah. Yeah. So if we were already re, like sort of predisposed to be withdrawn in our, in our temperament, then anything that's like too much in the world, that's going to force me to be that even more, you Interesting. know? But that's the thing. That's the gift here again of knowing this stuff. I don't, I know that I'm more than that. That's the, that's a, yeah. a thing of a form. My consciousness has taken a long time ago. That doesn't have to still be true for me today. I love this so much. Yeah. Okay. So we did the three, right? We've got the gift. Yeah. And then we've got, do we do shadow side of three? I think we did, right? Um, well, let me just say yeah, the, the avoidance with what threes tend to avoid is failure. Oh, Yes. Yeah. Like no mistakes only gets either. They don't want to fail. Right. 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 Yeah. Because then I am not valuable. I'm not impressive. Yeah. You see a failure. That's all you see. That's all you see, which is actually why that mantra is something that could actually be one of the best things, like understanding that there are no mistakes, only gifts could be a great Mm -hmm. point of training and a great fear experiment for the fear boss. Who's a three, because we have to get more comfortable failing because it's just a part of life and it make, it can make the three even more impressive, right? They can use that totally. Yeah. To, to their advantage. No doubt. Value real inherent value includes failing Mm, because I know, like, I know I'm valuable. It didn't matter if I fail, you know, cause I already know. Oh good. You know? Cause I already know I'm valuable. I believe that yep. about myself. Yes. Okay. The four, let's talk about the gift of the four. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, you know, this is, we're getting into some of the deeper heart space. Mm. Uh, and this tends to be a little bit more, um, <laughs> pretty nuanced sometimes, but they are the, like they're, some, they're called the individualist. All, all these types have a, a name. I don't often use them because they can be like misconstrued, but they're just handles to kind of understand a whole big framework. And, um, and fear boss, I will link up in the show notes to a really cool Enneagram dial that walks you through. Like oh. I have some cool graphics that I could send and we'll link up to all of Seth's stuff, but yeah, they do have names. And I've heard you say that because mm-hmm. it, it's easy to typecast. You see like peacemaker and you think right. one thing about it, but really there's right. more, which is what we're, we're finding. Okay. Exactly. So they're the individualist, but let's talk about yep. what that gift is. 
Yeah. So their, their, their primary gift, the place they read the world from first and foremost, um, is of depth, like Ooh, emotional depth. They're yes. They're deep, they're deep people. And, and it's this, this, the specialness about them. Um, it's really about uniqueness and beauty and depth. Um, originality is, mm. is kind of their space. Like, I love fours. I love them all. Yeah. Fours are really fun to sit down and have dinner with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can, I mean, that you can just go and go and go about the depths of, <sighs> of the waters, you know? Yeah. 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 But that, that's the thing though, is that's, that's when they're not present, when they feel like they're uh, disconnected from that truest part of who they are. Um, they feel like they have to manufacture depth. Mm. And so what they actually avoid then is the common and the mundane and uh, like the things that, well, I'm not going to, I don't want to take out the trash. That's what, you know, common people do, you know, um, but it's, it's really, so I would just say though, that um, depth, real depth includes the mundane because you can see the depth in the mundane, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Okay, cool. So there you are for now. Where are my fives at? Let's talk about the five. <laughs> yeah. So the five, um, and this is sort of a mirror image in a sense. Uh, now we're moving into the head space. We're moving into the head types um, in, the, in the sense that fours are pretty deep in their emotions. Fives are super deep into their, into their minds. Yeah. 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 So this is actually their, their safe space. Um, well, the gift starting with the gift is, is kind of this uh, I would say wisdom. Wisdom is knowledge applied compassionately. Oh, that's beautiful. Wisdom, wisdom is knowledge applied compassionately. Yeah, yeah. And it includes, it includes being, well, well, what does compassion mean? Like it comes from to suffer with, and you can't suffer with people unless you are with people. Oh. And that's, that's, this is the, the gift of fives is this generous heart. When I know that I'm, I'm not only my, my intense thinking, you know, um, I can share my deep ideas, my, my, uh, mental discovery. Like this is, like who's the guy? Who's the guy that did E equals MC squared? What's his oh, name? Oh, Einstein. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he was. He was more than likely a five, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So this is this is their thing. Like they get their gift is getting behind the thing that's behind the thing to do this awesome discovery and mm. um, creativity in the world. Um, but the thing is, is when they start to lose contact or um, feel like they're missing, they're not present uh, to their true self. They they start to. Um, have to manufacture this gift, which looks like I can't be, I have to withdraw from the world and I have to isolate myself and I, I move up into my head. Mm -hmm. And that is my, my mind palace, if you will. That's where mind I'm palace. safe. Yeah. So I have to know everything. And I am only comfortable being with other people if I know a whole, I like a whole, the whole entirety, the encyclopedia. And now I can come be safe with you and share that. Um, yeah. So the, the five is what they, their shadow, they kind of um, avoid scarcity mm. and intrusion, physical intrusion from people. Because okay. if you're in your, in your head, if you move only into your head and you're not in your, in your, in your body, well, then you're, you don't feel safe because your body is where you're grounded, right? Yes. Where your feet hit the ground. And so yep. when you live too much in your mind palace, which yeah. I, I love, they consider their mind, their safe space, their yep. home, they lose touch with the grounding that is required to put one foot in front of the other sometimes and, yep. and move forward in tough times. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into some ideas here at the end with fear. I think we will, but yeah, yeah. we'll do that. Well, let's, we, I definitely want to end that way. Okay. So six, six, um, highs and lows on six, the gift and the shadow. 
Yeah. So the, the, again, the, uh, six is one of the thinking types. Um, and they, their gift is, uh, courage mm. and, and guidance and, and loyalty. And sort of this like moving into, um, the unknown. Um, I don't have to be certain about everything. Um, yeah. So they, they're the ones, I mean, what is real, what is real courage, but looking at fear in the face and still doing something doing anyway. It anyway. Oh yeah. yeah. We, we know that right. Fear boss. Yes. Yeah. We go scared. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that is the courage and faithfulness and devotion is really this, this gift for, of the sixes. Okay. Yeah. But uh, you know, when they're, when it's motivated by fear, I mean, what's the, what's the distortion of fear? The impairment of fear is anxiety. Mm. And so if anxiety is running the ship, I mean, this is really for any of the head types, it can be for anybody, but especially for head types. Um, if anxiety is running the ship, well, then I have to um, avoid. Um, well, I, I kind of put all my hope into the authority on the external world. I don't know. I can't know anything on my own because I can't trust myself. I'm I'm Ooh. very doubtful. Wow. Um, and so I I have to sort of validate what I don't. I potentially know. I have to validate it with everybody else. Um, yeah. So it's this thing that they, they avoid is really uncertainty. Mm. I, I don't want to get anywhere near that because then I'm not safe. So this, a six in your life mm-hmm. um, is, is probably really having a tough time right now. I mean, we all are, but there, there is no guarantee. And I guess there never is in life. You know, life is improv. This is something we're always talking about. None mm-hmm. of us have a script. You can have a to-do list and things that you want to accomplish, but every day you wake up and, you know, hope today's a great, you know, I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think this right. pandemic has proven to a lot of us that we're never really in control. Only God, you know, the higher power, whatever you believe in is, is really um, mm-hmm. in control. And so, a six may be struggling right now because it's hard to give a six. There is no, uh, what do you think? How, how do you think a six is navigating? COVID? Sure. I mean, so, so this is all about, all, all of the types are sort of your level of enmeshment mm. uh, with your identity. How, how much these, yeah. How oh, much I these, that word. Yeah. <laughs> enmeshment. how, how much are these type patterns consuming who you think you are? Uh-huh. How, how loosely are you holding them? Uh-huh. Because okay. the more present you are, the more conscious you are, the less you're holding these patterns as all you are. Got and it. so the more, the more present I am with my patterns, the more I'm, they're not controlling me. Brilliant. So, okay. so it depends on the level of health of, of any of oh, these sick. types. Yeah. yeah. So again, let me just say the person is what contextualizes the type. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So, but, but there's, but then also though, the six is kind of naturally scanning the world for, for danger. So in a sense, some sixes are like, I'm fine with everything right now because I've already thought about all these things that could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. We've already thought they're they're ahead type. Thinking about worst case scenarios and they're trying to get predictability. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the other, there's, there's lots of ways to name this, but some, there's also some sixes that are called counterphobic sixes. Mm -hmm. So when I'm afraid, when I'm running away from what I'm afraid of, they call this the phobic six. When I'm charging at like a rhinoceros does in the wild and I'm charging at what I'm afraid of, that's more counterphobic. Mm. So you might see people who, who are more counterphobic do bungee jumping and cool. do like these crazier things because it's a way, it's another way of managing fear. Interesting. So I love this. So, um, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about wings in a moment, but you know, I'm a seven. And so my wings are a six and an eight, right? So that means, you know, I'm, I kind of 
my goal is to find a balance. I'm doing a plane dance right now, right? <laughs> so like, just imagine me teetering back and forth like a plane and, you know, planes really shouldn't be flying too far right or they shouldn't be flying too far left because they need to stay in the middle. And so your goal is to kind of be centered between your number and the wings. And so to give you some context around the number six and maybe it's shadow side, the doomsday thinking, because we live in our heads, can also help us. And it helped me so much in my business because I am always planning for things to mm-hmm. go wrong because I have a lot of anxiety. And so what it does is help me in my business because I'm thinking, mm-hmm. what if I run out of money? Do I have enough in the bank? Do we have supplies in the house? Am I going to the doctor? Like that fear of scarcity, that fear of not having control, that fear um is is a motivator for me in a positive way because I'm using it in a healthy way to protect my life and my business and my health. I mean, why do we go to the doctor? Because we're afraid. Why do we floss our, floss our teeth? Because we don't want to get cavities. So we do the hard work yeah. of flossing our teeth. And so there can be the shadow side is what I'm trying to say. In some cases mm-hmm. could be if you're using that fear in the right way, a really beautiful motivator to to sort of protect your heart and, and your health and your business and whatever that may look like for you. So that's how I use my six. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. And it, I call yeah. on it a lot. You know, I'm always like, do we pass the bus test? Like Judy, uh, Judy in March of this year would not have passed the bus test. You know, we have gone from two to 10 revenue streams because we have, but we had been planting the seed well before COVID. My point is, Mm. you know, always be asking. There's not, I don't think there's anything wrong with planning for doomsday. Not that you want to stay in that place or be negative, but you should be thinking about what if something happens to me or my business or the economy or my family do I have a plan in place and how will I be okay mentally, physically, and emotionally? And I think that gives you power. Totally. And then that's, again, that's the value of being in touch with that part of you, the seven in you. Great loop around. I love it. So, okay. The seven, let's talk about the seven Uh, gifts and shadow side. Cool. Are you ready? Oh God, I'm scared. I'm always scared, but yes, I'm ready. Cause you know, again, your number is typically the number you're like, yep, that's me. But ah, damn, I really wanted to be a three because I, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay. So, um, yeah, the, the, the sort of high side and this, this really awesome innate gift for the seven is, is, uh, is about freedom and possibility and, uh, opportunity and abundance, you know, and, and joy. I think you exude that yeah. it's all over you. I mean, this, those are the kind of things that when I was just with you for a few seconds, I was like, Hmm, <laughs> the beginning of the call, you're like, hmm. yeah. I mean, I mean, when we, when we first met, like, and oh, you were, really? and you were telling me you were three and I was thinking, well, Let's hold that. Let's hold that. We'll see. Because <laughs> I saw all of these things just coming forth from me. So, um, yeah. So this is, you You see, I mean, if, if people listen to your podcast, they know all this stuff about you already. Um, uh, but yeah, you know, this is the exciting and spontaneous, fun, you know, I want to, I'm on to one thing to the next thing, the next thing. Sometimes it's like, it's more fun to, uh, see the whole menu and like, rather than make one choice, uh, cause it, there's, uh, the thing about the, the seven is that, um, when I'm losing contact with this, this, this innate freedom in this gift, I, I have to avoid being limited. I have to avoid, uh, being trapped yes. uh, in emotional pain. And it feels like the more I'm not in touch, the more I'm not, I'm not present. I sort of perceive the world from a place of, 
the world limits people. And, um, I have to, uh, just get out of here quick before I'm going to be trapped again, you know? Um, yeah. Love that. Yeah. 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 That, that would pretty much sum it up. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I value freedom very much. So, and you know, I'm, uh, I think for one of my personal, like when you think of a shadow side for a seven and any other sevens listening may relate, you know, I, we can avoid confrontation and we can avoid tough conversations sometimes because it doesn't feel mm-hmm. um, good. And yeah. we need things to feel good to stay in a good headspace and we're a headspace number. And so um, that can be a really deep shadow side because you can, I have been known to, you know, ghost relationships that are toxic instead of being brave enough to just end them. I've, you know, I can, I can walk away pretty quick from things. And I, you know, I think sometimes we need you to protect ourselves, but I, 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 I have a really hard time with a negative people, places and or things because mentally I can't carry it. And so for me, it's Mm -hmm. easy. And that can be a good and a bad thing um, because you know, you can't just ghost tough things. You have to figure out how to, you know, deal with conflict and have tough things happen in your life and thrive alongside of it. And so that's, but see, knowing that my, is my, allows me to hold space for it. It's it's exactly because it allows me to recognize that, okay, I need to have a tough conversation. I need to have some radical candor here with someone Mm. I love. And how can I do that from a space and every time I have a confrontation or anytime I have to speak up and advocate for my business, I'm, I'm always, it's a fear experiment. It's me getting uncomfortable to get more comfortable in that uncomfortable space. So totally. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, a practice that you could do for anybody, but specific for sevens is, is, um, anytime you're seeing yourself kind of moving from bouncing from one thing to the next, to the next, every day of my brain, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a moment to say, what am I afraid of? What am I running from? Because I can, the, I can be here. I can be present and I can find this moment as fulfilling. I don't have to be on to the next thing. Cause the problem is, is if I, what I'm looking for is fulfillment and freedom. But if I'm only moving over, over and over and over to the next thing, I'm never going to find the depth of fulfillment because I'm not sticking around for very long. Wow. Asking yourself, what, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid of? And this is for the head types. This is for, for the, the any of the head types. What am I afraid of? Uh, seven. If I'm, you know, bouncing from one thing to the next. If if I'm, my mind is scattered. Um, the six is you can, you know, it's really about future uh, worst case scenario thinking. If I'm planning like crazy and I I just can't be in the present moment and I'm like projecting all my fears onto the world. Yeah. Then what are you afraid of? Because the difference between anxiety and fear is fear is actually about what is happening right now in front of you. Anxiety is about future possible things. And if you can catch yourself being trapped in possible future things, then you can come back here and realize there's actually nothing to be afraid of. I'm making this all up in my head. I love that. I'm going to say that again. I hope you heard that fear boss. Fear is what's happening in front of you right now, right? Whereas anxiety is this future thinking, worrying about stuff that has not even actualized yet. And us had space numbers, those five, sixes and sevens, probably, I think we all have a little bit of acute anxiety these days, but we're (laughs) certainly living. So when we find ourselves um, dancing with anxiety more than usual, the great question is to say, okay, you know, when that shadow side is firing up for any of the numbers, what are we afraid of here? Because there's totally. a reason the shadow side is here and it's probably because I'm feeling uncomfortable. And so what's that yep. fear? Yeah. And I think you can do this with the other, 
with the other centers as well, real fast too, is like when, uh, the, the heart types, they're image types. And so when I'm presenting an image to people, that isn't really me. Like I want to be liked or I want to be valued and impressed, impressive, or I want to be deep and unique. Uh, and those aren't truly me. I'm presenting an image to people. Well, then you can ask yourself, what are you feeling shame about? What are you feeling distressed about emotionally? Because you're not going to be accepted and validated by this person. Interesting. I love and then, that. For the gut yeah, types. Yeah, for the gut types. Uh, this is around anger. Because, I mean, if you think of it, your body is um, about your territory, your sovereignty. Um they call the body types the don't mess with me types. Even though you've got the, the like the innocent like nine in there, this it's all about power and control. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I can't maintain some level of like distance between you and me, I mean, this is psychological, physical, right. emotional, um, then I'm going to feel, uh, if I can't maintain some control and power, personal power, then I'm going to be angry. Yeah. And I'm going to be rageful, really. Like that's actually the the nine because the nine is most asleep to their own anger, oh, and I so love it that. comes up as rage. But, but yeah. So you can ask yourself, like, what am I angry about? Mm-hmm. If I am feeling like I have to control everything, right? If yeah. I have to, in my own way, ones control um, things looking the right way, the things they need, how they need it to be, you know, mm-hmm. and the most, the best alignment. Uh, uh, eights like are trying to control other people, not controlling them. Mm-hmm. So they fill the space because they're worried with the space. Somebody's going to take control of me. I have to protect myself. Oh, that's perfect uh, segue. Let's do the eight. Let's do the, what is the gift of the eight? I can't remember. Did, oh, I think we did this one. Did we, this we, is, how, we this is where we started. Uh, we didn't start I think. Eight. Maybe no, we didn't. I'm sorry. One. We started right. at one. Yeah. Okay. So we just. Oh yeah. That. I was going to skip myself too. That no, was we amazing. can't skip you. And we can't <laughs> skip those eights. So I've got a good wing of an eight so and funny. I love a good eight. I have some eights in my life. So what's that gift and what's that shadow yeah. of an eight? Yeah. Okay. That's funny. I almost skipped two numbers. Isn't that great? Yeah. Uh, I can only count to nine. But, I know. Yeah. I can only go to nine. Any more than that. No <laughs> math. No math. Uh, okay. So yeah, the gift, uh, this this thing that the, the eight feels, the person with an eight um, perspective and lens feels like they're most sensitive to is power mm. and strength. And, and uh, when you're in your body, this is about embodiment and aliveness, you know, like I'm here right now, here in this moment. Um, so it's about... Um, when, you know, when you are present to yourself and you are connected to this innate gift, like I, I know how to stand up for the innocent and I know how to empower other people. Like if I'm powerful, I want to give that away. Um, but the thing is, is when I, when I feel like I'm losing contact with that and I'm motivated by fear of not being controlled, um, then I have to power up and become super strong and against and, and rather aggressive. This is probably one of the more aggressive spaces you'll see. Um, and, uh, yeah, so then I have to avoid what, what's the opposite of power? Well, it's weakness. I have to avoid feeling weak Mm, and I have to avoid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Smallness and really vulnerability, Mm. but the, the person in touch with their heart and in their, with their gift knows that real strength includes vulnerability. They're not in opposition. They only know each other. That's how they, they work together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. The eight, the eight. So the nine, Seth, yeah. what's yeah. the gift of, what's your gift and what's that shadow <laughs> side? <laughs> I know you know this yeah. one well. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So this is, this is the, again, this is the, the body, uh, one of the body types. Um, so and gut, gut, 
lead. Yeah, one of the gut types. Yep. So this is the gift here is is around harmony mm. and wholeness and peace and uh, all these kind of things, reconciliation, uh, unity. Um, yeah. So this is like this is the the more self-effacing um, sort of seemingly uh, the most humble person, but it, it tends to often be a, an imitation of of humility mm-hmm. because. I don't have any personal opinions. Go ahead, do it. We'll do whatever you want. You know, mm. um, you know. This is again. This is the dependent on how enmeshed with the patterns you are of consuming your whole identity or not, or how loosely you're holding you're holding the patterns. But um, yeah, so so the gift uh, gets distorted then into uh, well, what feels like peace avoidance. If I can avoid anything and all things, then 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 the waters are still chill. Uh, and it feels like peace, but it's just an imitation. So okay. all of, all of these gifts, uh, gifts become manufactured and, and turn into an imitation, which is why they tend to work so often and for so long, because it feels like the real thing, but it ain't, <laughs> but it ain't the real thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so the nine falls asleep to what is important to them. Okay. Um, and so I go along to get along, which is why they're uh, a body uh, instinctual type and why when they finally start to wake up to what's important to them, well, I've been falling asleep. Well, what, what happens when you fall asleep what, to what's important to you? You deny anger. Mm. Like anger, it, it, like the benefit of that emotion tells you what's important to you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It- I find it's similar to, yeah, wow. I never really quite thought of it that way. You know, I feel similarly about jealousy and competition and imposter syndrome. For me, it's an awakening when I feel those feelings. I do what Hmm. fear doesn't expect. And instead of going, oh no, jealousy again, it's arrived. I go, aha, I've arrived. So there's something in her or there's something in that, or there's something Hmm. there that I want for myself, or I believe believe that I'm ready for that or made for that. And so I listen instead of allow fear to make me go small. And so I'm feeling that that hit me because we can do the same thing with, with that emotion of um, anger, you know, something's firing me up here. What is it? Why am I so angry? Why am I so afraid? Yeah. And for the nine that doesn't know how to see their fear because they're very unconscious to it. Um, it shows up as passive aggression. Oh, interesting. And uh, like that's the with, shadow with, side. Yeah, withdrawing. Yeah, the shadow that the it's all about not being affected. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> if I'm affected, I have to like stay placid. If I'm affected, I could cause something. Oh yeah. I'm a, it's about peace. You're a peacemaker. Yeah. You can't have that. You can't have any ripples in the pond, right? Well, I, I can now after some yeah, work. You but can. yes, you know better, <laughs> right? As you're sitting there with this big smile. Yes, of course, right? right? But again, yeah. this is why I wanted to bring this conversation and Seth and I could talk for hours and obviously yeah. we, we can't do that. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he, and I will link up to everything Seth in the show notes, but I wanted to bring Seth and this conversation to you because I have found the, the study of, you know, and the, the light behind and the lessons behind the Enneagram to be incredibly powerful for me as a human being. And I hope they can be that for you. And I think it's important to call out the fact, and I mean this with love, the Enneagram is so much more than those little Instagram things you see that say, Mm -hmm. Oh, the nine loves coffee and long walks and beach. Like it is, it is such 
a beautiful, very rooted in history and yeah. uh, belonging. Uh, it's a very deep, beautiful source of, mm-hmm. of self-awareness that I think could be a great tool for you to take into 2021. So Seth, you know, as we start to wrap up here, are there any resources you'd point to, you know, you've got a podcast, mm-hmm. I'll link up to your, your things. What resources, if someone wants to learn more, what's the best place for a fear boss to go to, you know, learn more about their number, any top two books or things that you just love? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite books that's actually really thin as well. That's appealing. Ooh, I um, like that. I like thin. Yeah. <laughs> it's called the essential Enneagram. Cool. The yeah. essential Enneagram. By one of the probably most world, uh, foremost, uh, just respected teachers in the world. Cool. Uh, his name is David Daniels. Awesome. Yeah. Really, really great book. Um, Good. another one just from an entirely different angle would be another short book, which is great, but it's called the, I think it's called the introduction to the Enneagram by uh, author Jerome Wagner. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Great. Two good resources. We'll link up. Um, and if you don't want to purchase a book, you can go to the, uh, the Enneagram Institute.com. That's just <laughs> classic world renowned, awesome stuff there. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah. where I think I took my test. That's where they have the ready. Yes. Uh, yeah. And you pay for it. I think it's like $19.99. So there's like, I'm sure, a million free assessments and things you can go take. Right. Um, but I th- I felt like the ready. And again, y'all, it was, I took it twice and it was three and seven, three and seven, right? And it was always a, a point away. And so can we just wrap up by, by just a high level conversation on wings? So your wings are the numbers to the right or left of you. What yeah. does that mean? And we've also got lines. And again, fear boss, I will put a, a map of the Enneagram so you can kind of see, but you know, a seven has a line to two different numbers too. So what's the difference between wings and not wings and lines and why do they matter? <laughs> to confuse us even yeah. more, right? On how <laughs> intense this is, but it's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, both of these kind of show us the interaction and the dynamicness of our, our dominant type. We're never, ever just solely fixated in, in this one space. We're always moving and fluctuating and, and changing. And it, and it tends to be to one of these numbers, these other numbers that we're connected to. So the wings, um, you can, you know, if you, like you just said, this is the number on your left or your right of your dominant type. And these are kind of like, I like what I've heard before, salt and pepper. Ooh, cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. Like added behaviors to your dominant type. Um, yeah. And they're called wings because um, like any of these lines you're, you're connected to, they're supposed to help you fly. Yeah. They help you balance out, right? And if you've you got fly a only, little too right exactly. or a little too left, you're out of balance. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think, um, you know, we tended to probably use one wing more so in the first half of life. And we might bring in the second one, the second half of life as we're growing. That would just make sense. But that did you track with that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I, you just made me think. So before we do the lines, having mm-hmm. said that, have I been a seven my whole life? Have you been a nine your whole life? Will you stay a nine your whole life? I know we are supposed to have a little bit of everything in us, but sure. tell me about that. Were you like a nine at like 13? Like, or <laughs> tell me about, anyway, what do you know yeah, about that? Good question. So I know there's been like studies on temperament, like psychological, um, your psychological temperament. And this is sort of the, the, I don't know what you want to call it, the vibe that you're born with. Cool. The vi- we um, love the word vibe in our world. The vibe <laughs> yeah. and drive community is no joke. Yeah. And so I, I like to think that potentially, um, again, type is nature and nurture, but you're not born with patterns. Type represents your patterned self. 
Okay. So, so I think there's some connection here still. I, I like to think that maybe your temperament is the undistorted version. It's the, it's the gift that's that you are connected to everything still, but as you like, you are inevitably wounded and you have socializa- socialization things happening growing up, you start to disconnect from that thing. And um, yeah. I love it. I'm, yeah. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Okay. So um, the lines, what, so I'm aligned to a one, a seven is aligned to a one and mm-hmm. to a five. So remind yep. five, right? So yep. I, I might've made this up in my head. <laughs> so what are the lines, but also is one line where I go in points of stress and one line where I go in points of becoming, or uh, tell me about when I go to which line and why it matters. Totally. Totally. So some of this is a little bit complicated. And so feel free to ask some questions here and I'll try and make it as uh, understood as I can. But a lot of this has been even changed over the years as we've like neuroscience has come out and we've been watching people in real life. You know, these were just ideas in the beginning when they were first written down. And then we were watching real people and we're seeing it's not exactly black and white that these, these lines are called your secure point or your stress point. Secure um, or stress point where you go when yeah. you moments of security and yeah. of stress. Yeah. And, but we've also found that that's not black and white. There's a high probability that that happens, but you can still go to either number when you're feeling stressed cool. or secure. Um, but yeah, these are, you can think of the lines as um, resource points. I really like that idea. Okay. Um, so sort of both positively or negatively, however you want to think of it, you could, you adapt certain qualities from your, either one of your line points to help you balance out and get your types needs met. Um yeah. So another idea, and I think this is really fun. I think you'll, I, hopefully it makes sense, but it's, it's a uh, one idea from like one of the early fathers of the Enneagram of personality is that both of your line points hold a different kind of opposite Ooh, to your dominant type. Totally. Yeah. And so we can sort of like seem to include attributes of our lines when we've overdone an aspect of our own type. So it's, it's sort of like a rubber band stretching and then snapping back to the tension. I can give you an example of like the seven. Give me one. Cause I've got a line to a one and I feel like that's about as opposite of a <laughs> yeah. seven as it gets. Yeah. And ones can, ones, I can't imagine. It gives me empathy to ones because mm. it's gotta be really hard to be a one. Imagine yeah. living Brene Brown's a one, right? So <laughs> yeah. she's a, per, a perfectionist. It has got to be exhausting every day to want everything to be so perfect. And if it's not, oh my God, how do I sleep? And nobody likes me and my world is falling <laughs> apart. Whereas sevens just, we're, we're very different than that, right? Exactly. We fall down and we get back up and we don't understand that. And that totally. can be controlling to a seven. So give us some more exactly. example. That's but it. I have a line to a one. So did I yeah. do a good job explaining that? Yeah, no, that was great. Okay. So like, the why the one is an opposite. So if you remember just some of the stuff I talked about with the one, it's it's this self-disciplined, right. self-controlled, responsible person, while the seven tends to be more undisciplined and self-indulgent, right. you know, in, in right. nature. Sure. Um, yeah. So I guess one way that that looks like is, um, you know, after since you're in, after freedom and possibility, you know, when this is again, when it's motivated by fear it becomes compulsive. So mm-hmm. you become scattered and moving from one thing to the next. And then, um, I don't know. You just, you're doing your thing and you're all expansive out here. And then all of a sudden it's like, uh, you got to slam on the brakes because you just, you've become so dispersed and scattered. I have to like reel myself here, bring in the reins and I get strict with myself. And, uh, 
Yeah, it moves into usually how this is described is you start taking on attributes of the average space of of that type. So that's like, um, you know, you start to see the incorrect things uh, about your own ideas and um, other people. The ideal is not measuring up and I'm beginning to get frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. But but at the same time, again, you can take on more consciously some of the higher qualities of the one, too. Yeah. So you said one is the lines are where you go into stress. And what was the other one? Stress um, and security. But these aren't these aren't super conscious moves, though. Right. Mm. You're doing this without thinking. These are these are your psyche has some level of like uh, intelligence to it to help you stay somewhat psychologically safe and, uh, you know, normal. Yeah. yeah. So these are like just natural um, in intelligent moves that you're making when you've overdone something in your type, you know? And then the five for the seven is like, um, well, the opposite would be, you know, the five is more inward and focused on one thing, whereas the seven is more outward and, and, and scattered in nature, you know? So those are the opposites. Right. Yeah. How beautiful. So do you feel that, um, you know, we talk a lot about mental wellness and mental health here on the podcast and, Mm -hmm. you know, we really believe that, and I've believed, um, to be true my entire life that your vibe, right. Your mental, physical, and emotional well-being directly impacts your ability to thrive in this life. And I have found, uh, and thrive, however you define that maybe for you, it is Mm -hmm. having a house full of kids or starting a business or earning a certain amount of money or just being healthy or laughing or doing comedy, everybody's got a different pinpoint for success, but it's really hard to thrive in any capacity if you are all over the place. And I believe your net worth is is absolutely tied to your self-worth. And I have Mm. found that Mm. the Enneagram has been a really beautiful mental health tool, not just for myself, but to understand people (laughs) that don't necessarily agree with me or my thoughts or my beliefs a little bit better. It can, it allows me to hold space in just a different way. And do you find that to be true for yourself? Do you find that the, the Enneagram and, and, and becoming a student of its practice could, could be a really great mental wellness tool? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, again, because we, we all have a, a, a head center, right? You know, when we are present, when we're present in our in our minds, we get to experience the gift of each of these these three ways that uh, these archetypal you know gifts that, w- that we can be present in the world. And and I think one thing I would say about the head types is like most of us think um, being present in your mind is having tons of thoughts going on, right? And uh, I would say that's not at all actually. It's more like think of a snow globe. And if you shake it, it looks like all these things are firing, and it's an awesome job, but you can't see through it. There's no clarity here. Wait to the stuff to drop. Oh, I can see. Now I know what to do. Now I'm not going to be sporadic. And that, that I mean, that really represents the head center pretty well, but, sure. but, but yeah, I'm kind of getting off track and forgot your question, but no, yeah. it was just the <laughs> mental wellness, how we can use the Enneagram oh, right. as a mental wellness tool, not only to understand ourselves yeah. and how we're motivated and what our vulnerabilities are, but also mm-hmm. to understand the perspective and the lens of someone else you may be working with. I mean, knowing Amanda on my team is a two and her knowing I'm a three has most certainly made our, re- our relationship mm-hmm. even deeper and even more understanding because she totally. now knows how I'm 
motivated and she understands what my fears are. And that when I get sporadic in the business, she, her job is to help me get the snow globe to come down a little bit (laughs) so we can make decisions when it gets clear. Right. And my job is to remind her that she is seen and that she is valued and, Mm -hmm. you know, to to understand. So my point is fear boss, like it can be a really beautiful tool to have even more empowering and beautiful relationships. I mean, knowing my husband's a six allows me to, to have a, a different relationship with him because I, I can understand why he does some of the things he does. Right. And so yep. it's for me been a really beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I think it's self-compassion and it's compassion for other people. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And well, Seth, this has been awesome. Any final thoughts uh, before I get you out of here? I do want to end with a couple of fun questions, if you're okay with that. <laughs> I um, love it. Okay. So I, I, I love to know, is, is there um, a purchase you have made? We love, we love learning stuff under, under a hundred bucks lately that you were just like, ha- uh, this is amazing. I can't live without it. For me, it's been a coffee frother that I bought for $29 or no, sorry, $19 on Amazon. It is okay. a game changer. Okay. A game changer. What about you? Anything funny or fun that you've bought recently that you love? You know, I don't, for a lot of different reasons, I don't buy too many things besides books. <laughs> cool. So maybe it's a book. Let's yeah. talk about a book. Yeah. I love books. What's something I, you've read that you're loving lately. Um, one of my favorite books that I've read this year, and I, I read a lot, like 50 books a year. Great. Um, yeah, it is, is called, uh, the wisdom pattern Ooh. and, and the subtitle is order, disorder, reorder, kind of the, the wisdom pattern of how everything works. It's by Richard Rohr. I love, okay. Yes. Very familiar. Yeah. I've yes. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Um, do you have a piece of advice that you've gotten in your life that is just transformational? Yes. It's a, it's actually a practice that I've been doing for a couple of years that has right alongside the Enneagram is partnered so deeply. Well, it's called, it's this actual Ignatian practice, Ignatian spiritual practice called a gear contra. I don't actually know if I'm saying it right, but it's just spelled A G E R E C O N T R A. And what it means is to act against and And by doing that, you act against what comes familiar and comfortable for you. And so you open yourself up to the rest of your potential. It's all about, I know I see what I'm afraid of, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know what that is? That's a freaking fear experiment. We, (laughs) that is one of the things, you know, I teach in my work, I wrote about in my book and it's Mm. the the big idea behind our our work on fear right now is this idea that we have to become fear scientists and we have Uh to conduct daily fear experiments, big and small to get more comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, Uh And so it could be Seth going on camera on your next zoom or eating a food or that you've never eaten or cooking something new or wearing a different color. And it could be um, asking for a raise leaving a toxic relationship, writing a book, big stuff. So say it again. This is essentially a really fancy way to say fear experiment. (laughs) Say it again. I love it because I'm going to, I'm going to look it up. It could be, Ooh, it could be a future tattoo. I don't know. I thought about that too. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, it's called a gear contra. A gear contra. It means to act against. Oh my God. I'm obsessed with that. I'm so glad I asked you that question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So final thought, um, the name of this show is Mm -hmm. yes. And right. And Mm -hmm. when I offer those two words to you, what comes up? Yeah. I love that question. And I love the the title of this. Um, 
you know, just relating it back to what we've talked about this whole time, I think of maturity. So AKA holding the tension of opposites. So whatever your type is, what is that polarity that exists within you? So peace and avoidance, hold, hold the tension of those seemingly opposites. And what actually happens is that fear begins to disperse and your gift, your truest, your deep gift will come it will come to the surface. That's when it emerges, the holding of the tension of opposites. Oh, I have goosebumps. What a beautiful way to end. And I, I really, my, my deepest desire and my greatest wish for everyone listening right now is that you are brave enough to say yes and to holding mm-hmm. the tension of opposites, which can be really hard, but also really, really empowering. So mm-hmm. what a beautiful way to end. Seth, thank Thank you so much for the gift Absolutely. of you, for the gift of your time. I can't wait to, we got to book another session because I have <laughs> a million more questions, totally. but on behalf of the entire fear boss community, thank you for being here. And Seth will link up to you and everything, unless there's anything you need. We, we, we need to know about, uh, in it, you know, how are you on Instagram? Great places to hang out with you. How do we find you? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It, it really has been an honor being with you. Um, you can find me Enneagram stuff. You can find me on Instagram at integrated Enneagram. Cool. That's where I'll you link can up. find me. Awesome. Um, I also have uh, two friends and I started a podcast and we're just starting our second season. It's called Fathoms, an Enneagram podcast where, so this is like Enneagram 2.0. We're going to the, the depths, but we talk about other things than Enneagram too, like spirituality, psychology, sociology, all these other things as well. So it's pretty fun. It's so beautiful. I love it. Well, again, thank you for the gift of your time and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, Fear Boss, I hope you loved my chat with Seth as much as we loved making it for you. You got to let me know. What was your favorite part? What, What did you learn? What was your aha moment? What was your favorite takeaway? Let me know on Instagram, post a a photo uh, of you listening to the podcast or of the podcast and write down what your favorite aha moment from today's episode was. Tag me and Seth on Instagram to let us know you're listening. And don't forget to leave a quick review if you found this episode helpful in any way. I cannot wait to be here with you again next week. In the meantime, keep saying yes and stay brave.